Andrew, how about you host this one since I am uh, now a disabled person? Because <laughs> you're like, is this what you can't host? Like, you yeah, I can't host no more. <laughs> is this ableist? Uh, okay. Yeah, hold it's on, ableist on. of you to make me host uh, this okay. episode. <laughs> you're you're, and you're scrambling. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Andrew Zahn. And I'm, I'm the regular host of the Rooftop Pod because okay. Jesse is not okay. Um, okay. You're the regular host. I'm the right. That didn't make sense. Welcome back to another episode of the Rooftop Pod. I'm your host, Andrew. Signing in with me today is my brother, Jesse. <laughs> I almost said Andrew. And my sister, Rachel. And today, we are going to first look at our notes and then I'm going to ask <laughs> Wait, them a I question. Wait, I kind of want to look at the notes too. I feel like out of the people to contribute the notes, Andrew probably does it the least. I, do, I, I really do it the least. Well, my contribution to the notes are when Jesse and I are on a phone call and Jesse's mm. like, oh, write that down, write that down. Did you so write anything he, down? He writes it down. Um, so what have um, you written down? <laughs> not much. Uh, I remember we were talking on the phone recently and I was like, wait, save this for pot. We always say that. We, we always say like, that all the time. I'm pretty sure we, pod, we always, I don't actually remember I think it. you're the only one that says that. Oh, it's because okay, Jesse fine. and I have... Have but like, did we actually write it? How down? does Andrew feel living his dream? <laughs> that's such I feel a, like that's old. That's an old one. That's but been there for a while. One that was highlighted in red for some reason, and I feel like we did talk about this on the phone recently. Is what will we do if we have kids or terrible kids? Oh, interesting. All right, now actually, let me let me ask that again so we can cut it so that it sounds better. What would you guys do if you have terrible kids? Hmm cry give up as a mother like what would you do if your kid just doesn't have any intrinsic motivation to do well <laughs> academically has no heart hobbies that he or she wants to explore like doesn't pursue academics like what what do you do as a parent i think one thing that i need to work on personally is like not letting other people's actions slash development reflect on what i've done personally so like when i heard about our little brother doing some questionable things i was like i have failed as an older sister like i i have like this is terrible i am a failure like this was the one thing that i didn't want to happen and it happened and therefore it's a reflection on me as a person i think that's something that i need to work on so at this current moment if i had kids right now like just not letting how other people develop but your like, kids are a f- definitely a reflection of who you are i know but you mm. can't control their environment like you can't you, control yes the friends can, that to a certain extent very very much so i think nowadays they're <laughs> just like too lax <laughs> what we're gonna let rachel breathe for a moment i'm just gonna breathe for a moment <laughs> do we want to talk about how Rachel feels when she hangs out with guys for an entire 24 hours. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Can you say that into the mic? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <sighs> I feel like we always have this when we record a lot of podcasts. We ha- we've we only recorded one or two, oh, I guess we recorded yeah. two total, but we still have spent a lot of time together. Do you think guys and girls are just inherently going to be polarized all the time? Because I've never felt any... Actually, I've never really felt any fatigue hanging out with any of my girlfriends either. But, like, 
When I hang out with guy friends, there's no ever complaints about like feeling fatigued hanging out with each other. Well, actually, it's only been Rachel where she feels fatigued after hanging out with us for too long. I mean, I also feel fatigued after hanging out with family for too long. Like, if we're okay, but I think this he, time her... the circumstances are a little bit different. I think I've just been like perceiving a lot of things that I have not super enjoyed this weekend. Um, I don't. I think I'm just like very stressed this weekend because I've like talked to a lot of my friends outside of being around you guys and like explaining mm. the situation and then like uh. it's just I think it's mentally I'm wasting this is also something I need to get better at again this is like not taking things personally is that I spend a lot of time thinking about things that stress me out but I know I don't have the capacity to handle or like to deal with personally and so all I do is think about it and it's very mentally emotionally draining because then I get frustrated that I'm not doing anything about it but I know if I try to do anything about it like it's also not going to end well does that make sense yeah do you know what I say to my friends all the time Rachel I always tell them when I describe my siblings I'm like Rachel's the best of us because she has the capacity to care about like you like you just well, said you you're care, make me cry. You care a lot about <laughs> like everything uh which is a very much like a double-edged sword where sometimes i just don't think about problems uh and like it's inherently selfish a lot of the times but that's something that you never do rachel which but it's so like unproductive because i don't you can't do anything i'm frustrated because i don't do anything about it and i think like one thing that I've described my friends, like when they're like working a new job, especially during internship season, like one thing that I've said about one friend in particular is like she's too smart not to pick out all the problems within her job. Like there's no perfect job for her because nothing's going to have the purest, like best impact that she wants to make on this world. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think like similarly, like I think that like it's hard because it's a very pessimistic way of looking at life. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, I've also said that, like, you you do look at the world a lot of the times as problems to solve, which isn't a yeah. bad thing, but it definitely makes you feel very overwhelmed. Have you R- talked to a therapist about this? <laughs> you know, I tried to uh, get, like, the free therapy through my school, but and they, they said don't I don't need it. Yeah, because I think yeah. I'm, like, high-functioning. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, I think you function fine. I think it's just when you get into, like, into your head too much, it hinders you from being happy. Yeah. Yeah. Because my mentality, which, again, (laughs) is kind of selfish, sometimes I'm like, the situation's bad or, like, bad things are happening. I'm like, it is what it is, and there's nothing I can do about it. But that is, like, a a way to... That is like a man. Like words are so hard. It is that is like a coping mechanism, not even yes, necessarily yeah. a coping mechanism. That is like a healthy line of thought, where if things are out of your control, <laughs> oh no, I'm just, crying. Just, <laughs> wait, what? I don't know why. <laughs> it's one of those days. Why am I always crying? <laughs> like, um, <sighs> and this is something I was telling Truman earlier. He was telling me about his like life circumstances and like 
Do you want to give like the audience uh, some background? Yeah, yeah. I, might, I think this is a good time to kind of talk about uh, the weekend. Yeah, the weekend. Yeah, I was debating whether or not to like actually bring it up on the pod, but mm. I think this is somewhat tangential, very tangentially <laughs> very related. Much. But we might as well talk about it at this point. But basically, this weekend it wasn't just me visiting New York. Um, actually, this is very related to everything yes. that's going on. I guess. Um, I'm visiting New York, but our, I guess, family friend or someone that our parents kind of took into. So really brief background story. And this is also related to our parents just being absolute angels. Our parents, like in their adult life in the U.S., have basically dedicated their lives to basic to taking in international Chinese college students into our home uh, as they move to the U.S. for the first mm -hmm. time. So a lot of international students, when they come to the U.S., they come for a grad school program, undergrad program. They don't really have a community or anyone to really call friends or family in the U.S. because they just moved here. They don't know anyone. So um, my parents, when they first moved to the U.S., they also had the same issue where when they came here, they were completely alone, didn't know anyone or didn't have any family or friends in the U.S., so um, early on when they came to Cincinnati, a family from our Chinese church took them in and basically took really good care of them, like um, took them grocery shopping because they didn't have a car. Like when they needed housing initially, like uh, people would help them find housing. And they basically became our parents' family. And uh, as a way to pay it forward, my parents basically dedicate their lives to doing the same thing for international Chinese students. Yep. Um, recently, uh, our parents kind of took in a like 19-year-old kid who's an undergrad at University of Cincinnati. He uh, is a very he has a very special circumstance where he wasn't actually he didn't actually move here for school. He was adopted by an American family in Ohio mm -hmm. uh, when he was 12. However, um, his family adopted adoptee family gave him up really soon after and he has bounced around group homes um, ever since uh, he moved here to the US and now he goes to college so somehow he made his way to college um, and at this point in his life like I since he was bouncing around in group homes he never really had any close friends or really had any real family members in yeah his life. no one to show him like consistent love mm -hmm. or like be a guiding parental mentor kind of figure yeah and so he he basically um has a really strong desire for mm -hmm. family and that like unconditional love which he hasn't ever found in his life um until i guess he met our parents who mm -hmm. have basically shown him that type of unconditional love um but I guess at the same time, when you grow up without like social influence, good or bad, like you kind of are on your own. And I think socially, he's kind of had some trouble like making friends because he just hasn't had the opportunity to learn from other people, like how to be social, how to make friends in the U.S., which is so different from what his life was in in China. Um, so he he is aware of this. So he kind of wanted to come on this trip with me and then visit Andrew and Rachel in New York as well so that he can kind of like I don't know feel like he's surrounded by people that um, cared for him and also can learn from I don't know people who were lucky enough to grow up with a kind loving family were surrounded by friends growing up and very well emotionally and socially supported um, and he just wanted to be around people and feel 
you know, something that he was lacking his entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's so many things. Like, he, he, he just was dealt a very bad hand at life. Mm -hmm. He, I mean, he has, like, uh, a, a leg problem. I think when he was born, he had some sort of Botched lymphedema surgery. in his leg. And in order to, like, fix it in China, they botched the surgery or they try to fix it using a, an experimental technique or something. And they botched his leg up. Like, he, his leg, I mean, it's it's functional and he's able to do things, but it ke it's keeping him from his potential. He really liked, He really loves football and he wants to pursue like playing mm. football but he was never able to because of his leg um but yeah so he has been hanging out with us this entire weekend and i think just like again he's socially not super well integrated and he's also a guy so like rachel has had to hang out with basically three guys the entire weekend and really has been craving uh female interactions and this has kind of drained her a little bit because the three of us are just like dudes know, being dudes dudes, dudes being dudes <laughs> like i think to some extent i think like i was talking to andrew about this while we were setting up i was mm. like i can talk like i can talk to andrew because <laughs> he talks about girl things he has a sensitivity of a woman like he'll talk about skincare he'll talk about fashion you know like I mean, i'll talk about those giggles. things too but he does, he is more sensitive to <laughs> yeah. me, but the sensitive yeah. those aren't yes, things right. that... It's just like, I don't know, I feel like whenever I'm surrounded, and obviously this is a huge generalization, but I just feel like girls are a little bit in, more intuitive about how others feel. And I think that's something that I value about my closest friends. Like, they can tell when there's something up with me, like, ev sometimes even before I know something's up. Like, there's, well, can... like, a intuition <laughs> and, like, compassion that I haven't necessarily found in guy friends. I can sense when there's something going on in your head. I just don't know how to. Yeah, and they know how to pull it out too. Like they know yeah, how to make I, me talk about it and how to make me like. But also like feel better. I feel yeah. like just comfort level when you're around those people, it's easier for you to release rather than with me, Jesse, and another dude. So we're, Rachel has never really hung out with. I'm not, none of us are super close with this guy. So it's like we can't talk like we normally talk with each mm -hmm. other because there's another person there i mean he's generally speaking a good kind person but his interests are very divergent from what we usually talk about like yes. it's very hard to integrate him into conversations if we're just going to converse the three of us like yeah he like it would not be very inclusive of us to talk about the things that we want to talk about with him around because i feel like he doesn't necessarily have too much of an interest or like desire to talk about necessarily there's the similar or like doesn't know things, how course, to talk yeah. about it yeah there's also a big age and maturity gap he is very young he's only 19 years old yeah i'm almost like a decade older than him and the maturity gap is really what gets to me i'm just like he thinks like the way like 13 or 14 year old jesse used to think and i've gone through a whole life arc of transforming my my biases and thought patterns that he has yet to undergo so it's it's at the same time relatable but also super unrelatable for me to like talk to him yeah why did we bring this up again there was like a there was a reason why i think it was just racial because rachel wants to be around girls <laughs> well i, think that was was, I don't yeah. think there was a moral this but andrew was saying something about something uh wanting to fix all the problems in the world I mean, yeah, that was or also like, related to that. that like, 
perspective on so that was also why like rachel uh, is like oh, oh, there's not oh, much that now. we can because essentially like we can show yes. this person around uh the person who's visiting yeah integrate him into our family life at least for this weekend and yeah. just like try to impart as much knowledge that we have learned mm-hmm. You know, relearning our thinking patterns of how we used to think 13, 14 years ago. But he's going to go back to UC. Uh, where none of us live. None of us live there. And yeah. he's going to have to find his own group of people that, you know, care about him. And we want him to find that group. But... It's hard for us to do. It's hard for... Because like, we we're can't, none of us live there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, like, we don't know we anybody don't go there. to college. Yeah. We don't have anybody who we know that still goes... His or age, at least yeah. I don't know anybody yeah. that goes to All the to people there. I know that go to UC are women <laughs> and have no interest in football. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think that has also correct me if I'm wrong, Rachel, like, contributed to your stress levels this weekend of just, like again like being concerned for this person but knowing that there's not much you can do about it yeah 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 i mean this was something i was talking to truman about because he was just like yeah like my life is so shit for lack of better terms like, i was like yes you were dealt, dealt a really bad hand in life you were adopted and then given up so quickly and that's super unfair and you had this leg surgery and then he's he would say like like people in high school like made fun of him for all these things like his leg his like the fact that he was adopted, all of these things. And he has felt like a personal insecurity. And I just wanted to help him change his mindset of like, these are actually like unique aspects of who you are that no one else has. You're alive today and you have grown and continued through life despite all these setbacks. And that makes you so much of a stronger person than all the people who are making fun of you in the past. Like you have such a unique story and you can't, ever feel bad about circumstances that you had no hand in i was like you have an amazing story like you should share your story and help other people who might have experienced a similar thing and be able to show them like oh if i went through all this then i can also help other people get through the same shitty circumstances um it's just like trying to help him rewire his brain into thinking about like the bad circumstances that his that he has been put in in life anyways yeah that's That's so true man i I feel like we've had a lot of me and andrew at least have had a lot of deeper conversations with him throughout this weekend you're so right like um he really do be thinking the exact same ways i used to think about life at like mm -hmm. 13 14 yeah like peak middle school age and he's like going through that arc right now it is raining is it raining but very lightly really I, I hear pitter-patter sounds. Yeah, it's not... I felt one on my arm, but it looks uh, like it's just going to pass. Oh, I felt one on my tummy. Yeah, it's, it's raining. Where's the rainbow? A cloudy day. Where's the rainbow? That dark cloud is right over us. I no longer hear a pitter-patter. Okay, fantastic. All right, we keep rolling. Okay, so I, I have a question for Rachel because I think the way Rachel is right now, I think I remember in my previous relationship... A lot of circumstances like this where my ex would get into these funks and I wouldn't know what to do and everything I said was the wrong thing basically and it just made the situation worse and it just felt like I I just didn't know what to do and I think I lack a certain aspect of empathy and sympathy in the sense that I would just be like oh just like just feel better not feel better (laughs) but like I would I would and this is a common problem that you see on TikTok all the time it's just like guys she would be complaining about stuff at work and i'd be like 
trying to Get come up with it. solution. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I'd be like, oh, like if you this are very solution like this, based, yeah. I would be like, oh, why don't you bring this up with your boss and like blah blah blah, and I come up with these solutions and stuff. Like, it wouldn't get any better. And at some point, she'd be like, I don't want to hear these solutions, and I'm like, okay, then I'd just sit there silently, and then that also would not be good. So then I'm, I was typically just at a loss of what to do, and I think when Rachel was just now、um, bringing up stuff like that, I was just, I also did not want to know what to say, so I just kind of sat there, and I feel like that doesn't really help. Um. And it's not your job to teach me. I'm just. Okay. Just this was awesome. Yeah. No, no, no. What were you gonna、go. say? Well, I was gonna say like, it's a body language thing too. Like when, I guess it's easier because I'm watching this perspective. When Rachel, <laughs> I saw the eye twitch as like Jesse was cutting in as your, as Rachel was talking and then Jesse was interjecting. I saw Rachel. And I'm like, oh no, this is she's not happy right now. <laughs>、uh, but that's the thing is it, like this is just how I host. I will make side comments to what you are saying. I cannot do that if you, you don't want to, but that's. I, I'm not behaving、mm. any differently、mm. than I typically am. I think so. This was actually something that I talked to my ex about because whenever I would get in these bunks, because I would say like, "Wow, sorry, well, sorry, that, was, yeah, that, that was, was crazy to me. <laughs> that was crazy to me too." <laughs> yeah, yeah, we haven't like sorry, sorry. explicitly even... brought it up yet, but I guess. Well, no, we haven't. We've、yeah. alluded、oh, sure. to it. Well, now, is... now, mom knows. Okay, we can talk <laughs>、oh, about. Oh, true, we, we did. We did openly talk, talk about, about it. <laughs> <laughs>、um, Do you want to? Or we can just keep the audience guessing. Do you want a brief synopsis of、no. what happened? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs>、um, so I feel like my like default emotion is sadness, <laughs> which is really、oh, depressing. Talk about this. Um, and like I. Feel happy because I guess that's the way that I frame it in my brain. When I am sad, is like I keep myself happy by keeping myself distracted.、Um, mm, that's really yeah. So like left to my own devices, I tend to spiral a little bit, which is not great. But I think I do a relatively good a good job of like preventing that spiraling from happening too often.、Um, I think just in situations, especially with other people, like I can manage my stress pretty well when it comes to work. In school, because those are all things under my own control. Yes. But it, when、yeah. it comes to other people, like I spiral a lot because you cannot control another person's life. Like it's not something that、mm. is like very easy. It's just unpredictable, and it's like I feel the weight of my actions on other people. Right.、Um, it's almost like you can half influence, but you can't fully influence、mm. to control yeah, the outcomes. Yeah. And I'm. And sometimes I feel like I don't have enough of the capacity to, to like have, to be like the、influence. best friend or like、yeah. the best、mm. partner, the best sister,、yeah. that kind of thing. And so I'm very hard on myself when it comes to that, those things, which like is very,、um, again, non-productive because then I just like pull away even more, and then it's like worse and worse and worse and worse, and it's it's just bad. But thankfully, those are like generally pretty like too. Max like two three day events where I feel like that,、um, and so throughout my relationship, like I would get into these funks, and、um, one time I like tried calling this person because、um, I was like, okay, maybe calling them will help me feel a little bit better, and、mm. I had told them like, oh, I'm not in the greatest of moods today,、okay. and like 
that call went very poorly because <laughs> the mm. whole time he was just like oh like what's wrong with you like why are you like this and he generally like yeah but like generally like i'm a very fighty person right like i will like combat that with like oh you know like i yes, like to be I, witty yeah. sarcastic that kind of thing right and yep. so like that's no different from how you would generally talk to me but because i was feeling that way oh i was like particularly sensitive yeah okay so when i get into these moods the way that i described it to him i was like it's like fragile handle with care <laughs> like i cannot take what i usually take when i'm feeling this way i'm very overly self-critical so if you ask me what's wrong with me i already know like i already feel like there's something wrong with me and so mm. the fact that you're also perceiving it is like making me feel mm. worse about myself okay um and it's also again like i'm generally in a fighty mood or like verbal mm, yeah, verbal, verbal sparring, sparring mood, mood. Mm, yes um yeah. but when i'm in a in a rut um i don't like explaining myself because i think what i like to feel is to be understood because i think another part of it is like i'm sad because i feel like no one wants to hear what i'm thinking and like doesn't really understand the way that i feel hmm. does that make hmm. sense yeah it's like I mean, a little bit of a lonely aspect to it too yeah like well i think for me i I have this initial guard of like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. At, and then I want to do the verbal sparring thing. And at some point, like, especially for you, Rachel, at the end of the day, like, we love you. Like, we're here for you. And if you if there's anything that's going wrong in your life, like, we want to hear what's going on mm -hmm. and like be able to be there and sympathize with you and do whatever we can to make circumstances better. But for me, what I struggle with um, is like, I guess I'm not the, what's it called? Like a sympath or someone who's able to empath, empath, sorry. Mm. Someone who's able to like, when someone's talking about their emotions, empaths are able to like feel and understand what they're going through mm. at the same time mm. where I'm kind of sitting on the outside and I feel insulated from your experience or mm. I'm like, I don't feel what you're feeling. And because of that, I feel kind of helpless in the sense that I don't know how to respond or help because I don't feel what you're feeling. Kind of thing. Yeah, and I think the best thing for me at least is when I'm feeling these things and I'm like talking to people about it, mm -hmm. I like the space to be upset mm -hmm. because I'm hardest on myself when mm -hmm. I'm upset and I feel like I don't have a reason to be upset. And so I mm -hmm. feel like there's something intrinsically mm -hmm. wrong with me if I'm feeling upset. And so someone trying to offer me solutions and things like that, like kind of makes it feel like i am the problem mm -hmm. or like you're not supposed to be upset come up yeah. with solutions kind of thing. Yeah. oh yeah. i can i that makes a lot of sense actually so like just like validating someone else's feelings yeah yeah and just being like this is a safe space for you to be upset like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um even though i don't necessarily feel the emotions you're feeling they're valid and um they should be heard kind of thing yeah okay a good wow, life lessons damn. that i wish i had learned this therapy session brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> well for me i i feel like emotions when i hear about emotions i almost like shut shut down in a sense mm. i'm trying to think of why that might be the case and why like andrew almost like i feel like you're better at responding to people when they get emotional whereas i i'm 
I just don't know what to do. I've I'm tried just, to Andrew yeah. a couple times. Yeah, I'm good yeah. with people that I care deeply about. If I don't know you and you're pouring out your, because this is also happening, I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> um, but if I like, if if we are like very close and emotions come out, then I'm just like, I don't know, maybe more in. Did you have a lot of those kind of experiences like growing up where you were? I'm trying to think. Because like I feel. I mean, actually, maybe because my friend group growing up mm -hmm. we wore our emotions on our sleeve mm -hmm. a lot see more, my friend I think, group was not really like your that friend group yeah. like in even in high school we've cried like to each other um yeah uh, just yeah. throughout high school you had an a very emotionally vulnerable yeah group of friends and I then had, like, same thing into college also very like emotionally vulnerable friend group so i think yeah i think it's a product of the the high school and college friends i grew up around yeah, I almost feel like for me, I don't want to like, mm, I'm still trying to synthesize or like, I've never articulated this thought before, so I'm still trying to figure out how I want to verbalize it. But I do feel like growing up, I was almost a little bit emotionally stifled because of dad and i'm not like blaming dad because he grew up a very kind of traditional mm. strict dad and a lot of that was imparted on me and i think whenever like i would act up or be emotional it was always met with like a negative response huh. in the sense that i never really had the space to like express emotion so then and then strong emotions were always negative i've never had like strong had a strong emotional experience growing up that was like a positive one like where the emotional expression led to something positive afterwards so mm. i was never oh, aware for like mm. positive emotional response there are very few things in life that like will make me cry mm. and a lot of it is mom related but outside of that <laughs> outside of that like anything mom related it triggers immediate yeah. emotions <laughs> <Just tears. laughs> yeah i just feel really strongly about my mom and then almost <laughs> anything else nothing else uh, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> almost everything else is just like i feel almost like emotionally stunted in those areas because i don't really know how best to approach those situations because i can feel emotions but then mm, damn, i'm really different i'm trying to think because that's not necessarily true i am emotionally vulnerable with the friends i have now but like there's certain aspects of emotion like when other people are emotionally in a bad place, I don't know how to deal with. Like, I can be vulnerable. Like, being vulnerable is really easy for me and my friends. Mm, but on the receiving end. But on the receiving end, when someone is, like, crying to me or, like, in a really bad place, and my default always is, like, come up with solutions. And, like, Whoa. I don't really know how to sympathize with someone. Do you think you're good at being vulnerable or being transparent? Because I think those are two different mm. things. Because being transparent is just like, okay, I'll say what These I want to say. But, things, like, yeah. being vulnerable is, like, revealing yourself at, like, a really, like, when you're at your worst and you, like, mm -hmm. you're at, like, your well, lowest you, point. You, you, you have seen me. At yeah, I mean, point. I've seen you. Yeah. And uh, I've been very vulnerable with my oh, okay, friends. okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I just wanted to ask. But <laughs> I do have friends who, like, when they're at their lowest point, they bottle up and, like, don't talk to anyone. Yeah, they hide that's, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's all really complex, so I don't really know. I'm mm. still trying to figure out why I am the way I am, but um, 
it's just like right now like earlier when rachel just like i could feel her like frustration and anger towards me and i was like this is a very familiar sense <laughs> i have felt I this before and once again i do not want, know what to do in this situation so i just kind of sat there quietly for like a while because i'm just like i don't know what to do or say to make this situation better yeah i also just needed to um, that was okay sometimes the emotions bubble over and you gotta Kevin, Rachel and I had a lot of this back in Denver last year. Oh yeah. So oh, like, yeah, I think that's actually, I think living with Rachel also has built a lot of foundation of like us being able to read each other a lot better. Yeah, and, it broke down a um, lot of walls yeah. really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there were probably moments of those frustration for you. Oh, so oh, many, <laughs> so many. Uh, but like, you guys would like cry it out. Yeah. And we then cried we, it out once. Yeah. Uh-oh, it was. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. It was just. Well, actually, I think you cried once in the car, and then I guess the next. Oh yeah, too. but I think the car was more so. Of, oh my God, I love New York yeah. and I love my friends, and now I'm oh, back in yeah, Denver. Denver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wait till that. But we had. Uh, no, but that was just like an exceptionally good trip because yeah. I mentioned in the last podcast, like my best friends throughout the eras of life, and three of them were in New York that summer, uh, and I visited oh, all three of them. That's hype. Yeah. That is a crazy. And trip. like each day was like a different experience with another friend, and it was like. Mm. How could you not fall in love with the city when, like, your three best friends yeah. are showing you yeah. around? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's life. Like, I don't I think you could experience this. Sorry, this is, like, a weird tangent. Because uh, we... I t- was in D.C. with two of my closest friends. Right. And I'm like, yep. it doesn't matter what city it is. Like, mm-hmm. we could make, like... Any Cincinnati, place, yeah. Ohio, like, a banger if all the, my good friends were out there. Yeah, honestly, you could just throw yeah. a bunch yeah. of house parties and just curate the vibes. <laughs> like, <laughs> at the end of the I day. I mean, uh, New York is special. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I th- yeah. I still think there's, like, an aspect of, like, something bigger than just, like, you and your immediate friends. The, uh, yes, that's also yeah, true. Yeah, of course, that's of course. Like, yeah. the environment itself is yeah, very special, there's just, like, bigger too. things yeah. happening yeah. here where you just feel like, wow, I'm, like, in the middle of, like, everything happens here. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, like the guy balancing the tire on his head on a city nuts. bike. Only here. Only Insane. here in New York. It's just like way too many things going on. It's yeah. over, overstimulating. Speaking of which, do we want to talk about what happened earlier today? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> by this time, uh, I'm going to make a TikTok out of this. We'll see. Oh, true. People so, will have known. Yeah. Jesse and I uh, tried to race in the 400, um, 400 meter yard 400 dash. Meter, 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 yard, dash. meter meter dash. Okay. Uh, Coming from the track star himself. Track star himself, I'm Jesse's on. Um, I had never run track in my life. Uh, but we both ran a little bit in the past, so we yes. just wanted to dust off the running shoes, hit the track, and see who could run the 400 faster. Uh, Jesse clocked in the first loop at uh, right around 58, 58 seconds. 58 yes, seconds. Uh, I came in like, not proud, a but second after at 59. Uh, so he he still uh, he still got me by a bit, uh, but a lot of people ask in my comments when I do running videos, they're like, "How do you film this? What what do you do?" So I don't. This is, goes for all my workout videos or a lot of my workout videos. I don't actually film my actual set. Uh, it's always I'll do the action and then either before I actually complete the event or after I complete the event, I do like a recorded session the life of an uh, and that's that's what you have to do it's all a... staged 
I mean, you have to. When you're a one-man yeah. team, you gotta do mm -hmm. what you gotta do. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not. I'm not balling to the point where I'm hiring a camera crew out here. Yeah. So, you do what you gotta do. Uh, so we were doing what we had to do, uh, and so Rachel was timing uh, the first official lap, and so to get the B-roll and to get the action sequence, we had to recreate it in lap two. And uh, Jesse, Jesse right, came out of the me, game let me, hot. Let me, let me okay, just okay, okay. <laughs> paint the scenario right quick. So Andrew and I did a very, I did a pretty extensive warm-up. I jogged mm -hmm. around. We did like an 800-meter warm-up jog. Yeah, yeah. I jogged all the way to Vital and came jogged back. So I was yeah, very yeah. warm. And I had loose. done a little bit of stretching. Um, and then we did the race, yeah, which yeah, I won, yeah. handedly. Oh, okay. And then yeah. <laughs> um, afterwards, we're like, oh, we need to film the actual B-roll sequences for the for the video and um this was post cool down where we were like lining up at the line like and we're trying to get like realistic b-roll where we're like coming out the gate hot yeah and um i guess i'm an like i'm old now but no this happened to me when i was young too <laughs> where the problem was we had already cooled down so my muscles were not ready to be contracted and lengthened so vigorously again so when I came out the gate, like the first hundred meters for the B-roll yeah, clip, yeah. I felt I felt like someone punched me in the hamstring, like super hard, and I just like I just fell, which is put the I clip mean, there. Yeah, the, <laughs> I mean it was a pretty not graceful fall, but I felt because I was coming out hot, I definitely stretched my hamstrings out more than they were prepared to be stretched out, and I popped my hamstring. I felt. I, I felt like someone socked me in the hamster. I was so confused. I thought someone had thrown like a lead ball at my leg. Yeah. And I was like, who did that? Like, I was looking around. There were some people playing spike ball, so I thought that they had like thrown a spike ball at my leg. But I was, but I always, but I also thought I was like, there's no way a, a spike ball would. Yeah. yeah. I thought you tripped painful. over like the spike ball when you were looking over at no. them. We're sorry if you're fans of the pie. No, I already, I already <laughs> cleared them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you already apologized, but sorry. Again. But yeah, I was like, I was like, wow, someone just decked me, but I just popped my hamstring. It, it was, so now I'm like very sore and can barely walk around. But it, damn. <laughs> um, yeah. I have to get to the airport tomorrow, which will not be fun. Uber everywhere. But yeah, I'm just sore. I think I'll be fine. Like I've I've popped my hamstrings like this before and it took me like 2 months to recover. The shitty thing is I don't have I don't have crutches here, so I'm just going to have to hobble uh, around. That's okay. You have Tiger Bomb. That makes everything better. Tiger Bomb, please sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> please. Every podcast. Somebody new. Should, uh, I, should I reach out to money. them? No, just get it. Uh, I can I, reach I out to them. I could use it. Yeah. I mean, you can just take mine. No, uh, the money. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, so I'm I'm injured. Damn. Which is very sad. Cause Dude, I what, what was the first time... When was... Because, okay... For those of you guys who've never had an injury, once you go through one injury, it's really easy to re-injure re yourself, yeah. re yourself in the same spot. It just yeah. keeps coming back. So when was the first time this happened? Um, this The first it? time it happened was um, after, I think it was like the church camp that I went to first summer after freshman year. Oh, the year. Tucker War event? No, no, we oh, were playing flag kidding. football. Like oh, I hadn't stretched and oh, never we were, mind. I was running as fast as I could to catch a ball. And then all of a sudden, same thing, boom. I felt I felt a pop, like I could hear a pop that time. This time it just felt like someone punched me. 
But I heard a pop, and I was like, oh, and I just fell down. And I was like, this is not good. And then Uh people carried me back to my little cabin thing and iced it. And then I had crutches for a while. I remember at the end of the summer, I I got back to deadlifting. I was like, oh, okay. So it took me like a two months or so to get because didn't you end yourself squatting and deadlifting when you were prepping for that competition was that also yes. your hamstring that oh was my also God. my hamstring so i re-injured Dang. it again during uh that was my gap year so that's why i couldn't compete with you yeah because yeah, i re-injured I my that. hamstring um same thing just deadlifting too much guess i didn't stretch or get warm and then popped it again and yeah. um and this is the third time I, you know what they say. I did everything right. I just cooled down and then yeah. decided to run fast again. Fragile boy. Yeah. That's like me yeah. and my back. Um, but that's why me I switched over to sumo. <laughs> no injuries. Just blisters. I think... Uh, have you ever, like, exerted yourself to... Do you know what the RPE scale is? Mm. Uh, okay, What's okay. Oh, let me uh, clarify that to the audience. So RPE stands for uh, rate of perceived exertion, mm-hmm. I think, uh, or something along those lines. I didn't even know that. And essentially, you can classify, it primarily pertains to like bodybuilding and deadlifting. So if you're working out at like an RPE 9 or 10, an RPE 10 is like, that's everything you got. You're grinding shit out. Like if someone asks you to do another rep, it's a no. An RPE 9 is like, you're struggling maybe you could squeeze out one more rep but you're pretty much like peak exertion um so optimal training uh damn okay we're gonna go into this (laughs) i've rolled my ankle several times while hiking but i don't know if that can Uh, no not really you just need to wear hiking shoes or (laughs) or no it was just because i like to um trail run like my my way down because it's faster Mm. and it's more fun uh, and so, obviously, like, when I'm not careful about it, it's also the traction mm. on my shoes. So, yeah. I used to hike in running shoes, mm. which, uh, you know, financially Slippery. great, yeah, but, <laughs> not, uh... <laughs> but um, not great for hiking um, very rocky paths because um, the traction is not very good. So, I rolled my ankle several times in Colorado, but mm. that was, I was fine. But oh, the yeah. one time that I rolled it to the point where, like, I couldn't walk for a while was when I was climbing. Oh, yeah. Well, they, oh, right. I remember that. Rock climbing? Yeah. You f- didn't but you fall it was, weird? It was, uh, um, what are they? Overhang. Overhang. And I fell on my right, ankle. Right, Oh, you fell? Yeah, yeah and bad. the ground was oh, slanted, that's, too. Oh, that's, that's pretty bad. Cool. Yeah. 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 But I was just saying... I, I was wondering, like, Rachel, like, essentially, if you're, like, exerting yourself to an RPA, like, 910, like, the chances of injury yeah. do go up higher, yeah. which is why optimal training, like, you should be training at, like, I don't know, like, 6 to 8-ish range. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have maxed before in all of my lifts. Yeah. But like, maxing out, this is why you don't max out, like, every Fair month. Often, like, yeah. you yeah. max out, like, once or twice yeah. a year. I've maxed, like, twice um, ever, And it's, like, yeah. yeah. That's why you've stayed injury free. Good for you. Yep, yep, Whereas yep, yep. we, thanks. Our four hundred was definitely RPE like nine or ten. Yeah. Today. And then, but like I was fine during the, the, the actual race. race but that was, wasn't. Yeah. Because once you cool down, down your muscles, because this also had, this is like when I hurt my back yeah. where, like I take like a longer break because uh, mm-hmm. I'm just like scrolling through my phone yeah. and then I'm just like, all right, let me like jump back RPE on the set of RPE like nine. four. The last time I like not really injured, but like 
tweaked my back uh-huh. was when I, I took a longer break uh, yeah. from like deadlifting and then like I tried to hit a heavier set and oh, then this in Mason? Yeah, I screwed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then did not go well. Um, yeah. Actually, no, Mason one was squatting. Deadlifting was Denver, but the Denver one was really minor. The Mason one was bad. I also like it's my lower back which is why i don't conventional deadlift anymore because that just does not do well good things for me yeah i think like the three times i like there was a point in my life where i was just like i'm not gonna deadlift because i got into deadlift with conventional and every time i conventional deadlifted my back would hurt so bad the next day like i could barely move it so i was like i'm just not gonna deadlift and then Andrew told me to sumo, and it's been great ever since yeah. then. <laughs> I mean, oh. to be honest, like, uh, the fake deadlift? Conventional deadlift, uh, dude, I could lift more conventional. It took me really? longer. Yeah. Well, that's because that was the point where you didn't know the technique of sumo. But I think once you mastered the technique, yeah, that's true, most dude, people... I'm, I'm not going to lie, sumo's way easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sumo's way easier. <laughs> yeah, let's be real here. Yeah. But, I mean, no, my max conventional deadlift is like a fourth. 35 25 i don't know but my max sumo is 465 so it's not that much different um but no like there's no way i'm pulling 500 conventional but unless i uh, i don't know like i've just gone too many injuries trying to conventional deadlift that it's not worth it at this yeah, point <laughs> injuries but, are not worth it tiktoks no. are not worth injuring no yourself it's not says andrew who injures himself for tiktok so often all the time yeah okay not andrew i just put myself through pain they don't Immense know about pain okay yeah this is i don't know if my video is going to be out but i did a pretty nutty challenge again uh running oh, wise yeah uh and That's i was in is a it lot always of running Related uh, usually. I mean, the worst pain is from running. I mean, the one I did was running a marathon with no mm-hmm. training. That was kind of. S- it was. Stupid. It was pretty bad. Yeah. I was bliss. I, I legitimately could not walk for like two days after. Um, like going down the stairs, I had to like use. There was the a lot arm. of penguin walking. There was a lot of penguin walking. A lot of lying down for like forty-eight hours after. Yeah, I don't um, know why you did that, dude. The ma- I know I didn't even get that many. <laughs> <laughs> But no, no. So the it's okay. Not it's really the main reason it I did it, but I I signed up for a marathon. I signed up for a half marathon with my friend uh, Kira back in college, and then COVID canceled it. And oh. so I was just like, oh, like I was kind of training. For, I signed up for a half marathon. Sorry, but then I was just like, ah, fuck it. Let's if I'm gonna run a half marathon, I might as well I run the full well marathon. The and for some reason, when it comes to running, I have this like unfounded confidence that I'm like, I can just do it. Like. But something about it, I'm just like, yeah, you're just moving your legs for 26 yeah. miles. Like, how hard can it be? Uh, very hard. <laughs> Quite difficult. Uh, damn, yeah. Especially, especially when you... Minimal training. Yeah, because prior to going into that, I think the longest I had ever run prior to running a marathon was 10 miles. And that was mm. freshman year of college. I did a 10-mile run. Um, and that was... And I did the marathon four years after. Going into that marathon, I was running like two or three miles. Um mm yeah like every other day as training um and i was just like yeah i can do this uh i mean i did it just not well (laughs) and very painfully it was fun for us to watch yeah fun i think it was very fun for dad who was just like yeah that was okay to you the whole time the last broadcast we talked about how you're like the like we looked at dad like holy oh, shit how yeah, can that's one thing i still look up to him about. To this, yeah. i'm yeah. like dude dad is in his 50s now and so we my dad ran the marathon with me uh 
first 13 miles we were logging at like i think an 830 mile pace felt good yeah and then at 15 miles i was starting to feel it 15 miles i'm like damn and dad looks at me he's like are you ready to pick up the pace i'm like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> uh, hey I'm yo like, and he started running faster he just left me behind i was just like no. okay uh, he saw he saw the pain in your eyes he's yeah. like this is yeah, he's done. Time to push yeah. it. so dad just like ran ahead i mean we were just in our hometown in mason uh, yeah. so he just ran back and i was like a mile or two away from our house and then at mile 17 is when i hit my wall like i oh, yep. i like went back to the house to refuel and like grab some water and like i stopped running for a second and i couldn't start running again like i my legs were just like what Man, the fuck how did you do nine Dang. miles after that yeah. dude i don't know i would have stopped i was yeah. just like i i mean it was a lot of like body. slow slow running walking um yeah i don't know like i mean drink some gatorade uh the cramping stopped because it was mostly like my legs were just seizing up like yeah. i was just like ah shit like i can't run so i think it was like a lack of sodium and electrolytes it's like refueled and so i could move again um and then yeah i just clocked in another nine miles after that that was that was painful so this challenge is a little less painful but like it still hurt yeah i mean it hurt me more but yeah you know it actually not hurt you at all wait hold up hold up I now remember where I got the motivation. I just listened to David Goggins' um, uh, interview on Joe Rogan. Okay. And do you know who David Goggins yes, is? Of okay, okay. Rachel, do you know who David? Mm-mm. Ah, shoot. Ex he special was, ops marine. Yeah. Ex, oh, okay. uh, nuts guy. Like he was. His life story is crazy. If you ever look into it, but like a very TLDR is he was very overweight, like very like not like super well off not like high educated or anything um and he like completely turned his life around uh i think starting with the marine corps but he has like over like his his big like motto is overcoming like mental like your body is so much more capable than mentally you're holding yourself Mm. back to accomplish so it's very inspiring very very (laughs) motivational and so Dude, I was in the depths of consulting where like things were really <laughs> this is how this I is played weird. it in my mind. I was in I was in the trenches at work. Oh my god. So I'm like so if I can if I can overcome, if I can overcome this physical pain of running, like nothing is mentally harder to do than like what I'm doing right now. And I can apply that like mindset to how my shitty work uh, circumstance was. It was I don't know. I was in like this motivational thing in my mind. I was just like, man, if I can, I can push my anything. body through this, I can push my body through like any like mental hardship. Dang. Oh, fascinating. Kind of cheesy, but you know, yeah. that's how my mom worked. And now See, I just how, like that's how motivational speeches get you. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He got me. Mind he got over me matter. That one. Mind just, over yeah, matter. Yeah, it's real. very mind over matter. Um, but I don't know. So I like the like challenging myself to do things. Uh, it's just fun for me. Like I I like limit testing. Looking back and accomplishing the things that I did. I don't like. But in the moment. In the moment, it sucks. But I don't know. There's a high from like putting your body through something and then like being like holy shit like damn like i did that i don't know the physical exertion has always or activity has always been like that for me like i used to tell mom and dad uh because i did not like my college experience freshman and sophomore year well uh, we'll go into that later but um what kept me sane was (laughs) making progress in the gym i was just like 
as long as my life is progressing like in it's one aspect yeah. uh and at that time it was my physical health like i like at least something is moving forward yeah like if nothing is moving forward mm. in my life like i also spiral mm. and so right now like career is moving forward well <laughs> so i don't give a fuck about fitness <laughs> as much um but you, or at least you progressing can control as much. very well yeah in fitness um yeah mm. so that's me speak of the devil as soon as we say it but that was a quick one so hopefully <sighs> between two topics this one's so off base and tangent but um should you be sending music to other girls or guys <laughs> in a relationship? <laughs> or do we not want to talk about that? Oh my gosh, Rachel we can said, talk about that. Wait, I gotta like this question. I think it's funny. I like sending music to people, especially if they have similar music tastes to me. I feel like if I have a similar music taste to someone, um, it's usually quite rare that I've found yeah, or like absolutely. have built a relationship off of like enjoying the same kind of music. Um, but but but, but I'm like on flipping the, flip the situation side, to you. Yeah. Like. yeah, if my significant other is sending music to the other girls, girls that mm. would be a little. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Like, you can share music platonically with homies. Obviously, like you can mm-hmm. send music to guys. I we can send music to girls who are single. Like very platonically. That's totally fine yeah. if you have similar music tastes. But sending music flirtatiously has also been a way of flirting with people yeah Uh, but what's i mean there's a clear there's a clear like division in my mind when it happens mm. like obviously when i'm interested in a girl and i'm sending her music yeah it's to get to know her better like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but like if i'm sending music to my homies i'm just like yo this song slaps and i want to put you on yeah yeah i want to be that guy who puts you on this song yeah but like in a relationship like yeah, because there's a the context murky. of like mm-hmm. i feel like sharing music with other people is actually kind of an intimate experience it is very intimate because music just has a very not even i want to say emotional but i think the right word is spiritual like music is a very spiritual experience where like if you're sending that kind of energy to someone it's like you're inviting them to enjoy the same spiritual experience with you Music for us has been very spiritual growing up because that's mm. a lot Church. of the context in which we experienced music was in a spiritual setting. So that's how I view things. So like when when I feel like in a relationship, if you're sharing that same intimate sh- spiritual experience with someone outside the relationship, it feels kind of wrong. Okay, wait. I just reframed my mindset on this because I forgot that... Um my ex is friends with all of his exes, right? Oh, God. <laughs> so I was oh, thinking about it in that context. Flag, I, like, yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> I was like, we need this clip. <laughs> oh, we need this. Um, but no, I think it's it's fine because I think I send a lot of music to my friends who like the same artist. Because generally, when I send music to people, it's because uh something just dropped, and I know that mm. other people don't care as much about like release dates of music and like Mm. album drops and things like that so generally like i will keep close eyes on that particularly on artists that i really love right Mm. and so when those drop i'll immediately send it to all the people that i know that listen to them and i'm be like you got it like we gotta talk about this i've only heard like a second of it but you gotta (laughs) gotta listen to this This the intro's crazy (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. um so 
Mm. I think generally I'm okay with it. Yeah, if it's like, okay. if you like the same artist and even if it's just like a song that you enjoy. It's context driven yeah. because like, if you know that um, someone enjoys a particular genre mm -hmm. um, and someone just dropped like a banger and you, yeah. they're in a relationship, you want to send it, that's fine. But like, if you don't know this person that well, and then you really like an artist it's like jeremy luck zucker drops like this is how we fall in love and you send it to, yeah. like a girl in a relationship it's like wait a minute wait a minute the song does yeah. matter but like my favorite musicians are like usually like r&b artists yeah. which is usually yeah. more romantic and like more stop <laughs> well this is what we got these for i suppose oh yeah. man this is a long that's one that's a long one that's a cut long out for a while oh man. so we're just gonna stop talking yeah dang it's been like we had a good stretch where it was wow yeah this is a bad air huh? wow. <laughs> damn damn it's just it's going in it's struggling to write this i mean we've yeah. been having a lot of technical difficulties with recording on our podcast recorder i just updated the firmware too so it's still going damn i mean we have we have yeah yeah we'll 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 take off Oh, hi. Who is seriously wanting to go to New York to see Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. This is, I feel like you need that. I do. Yeah, I you, absolutely do. You need that do. right now. Your favorite artists are. We're gonna pick oh, like, oh, yeah. like nothing happened. My favorite artists are <laughs> more R and B. Like I shouldn't be sending that kind of music to other. Uh, like and I never did when I was no. in a relationship. I never sent that type of music to any other people outside of like the person I was in a relationship with plus maybe Rachel that's about it because yeah. I didn't I never felt the need to because I was like yeah. the only person I care about in that moment like hearing that music with me is my significant other yeah. like mm -hmm. it, it didn't feel like I didn't care to share that experience with anyone else so it's kind of weird to me if like something that you're so intensely passionate about you want to share with someone else outside of your significant other interesting I feel like I have a couple like guy friendships were like probably the only thing that we like one of the mm. the factors that like is the basis of our friendship is music mm. and so they like you know like the spotify blends oh, like yeah. our 90, percentage match yeah. is literally 98 percent so it's like if I'm excited uh, yeah. about music and I know this person also enjoys music the capacity that I do, like I'm gonna send them the music that I like too. And again, if you already have that pre-existing yeah. yeah relationship, and it's like very sharing, known it's fine. as platonic yeah, exactly, too. Exactly. Like, it's very clearly cut as platonic. But what if at that point, uh, yeah, that's fair. you can still send the song even if that person gets into a relationship, like from a from a artist you guys both enjoy, because that's also like a good way to continue to curate friendships mm -hmm. when you put weight on your hamstring what's the pain level on a scale of one to ten i haven't put full weight on it obviously half I don't weight on hurt it. myself but like yeah i mean it's not bad it's like it's like a two or three but i know if i put more weight on it it'll be more so i don't do that oh. i can i can hobble around i'll All be right. fine i only really just pulled it all right so general uh consensus what's what's the consensus here yes or no to sending music to the opposite gender whilst you are in a relationship is it okay if your partner is doing that 70 percent of the time it's probably fine if they're doing it. it but it could 
those thirty percent of the time, it could be. It's all context. Yeah, it's, That's it, all yeah. If you're sending <laughs> music to a friend that you s- that they used to date, <laughs> not okay. <laughs> Amber flag, reddish amber flag. Hmm. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? I'm just kidding. Oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just thinking about it hypothetically. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, and this is something like it's very dependent on the relationship. If you've communicated in the past that. You're uncomfortable with that person, and they're still doing it. Mm. Then it's like problematic. Mm-hmm. But I think general with um, like I don't know, like it it you, probably differs person to person. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on everyone's own boundaries. But I feel like I've I think I personally have. Well, I usually get into relationships with people who have the same taste of music in mm. me because that's mm. the foundation to a lot of foundations are stronger but like it's like the basis for a lot like the beginning conversations for a lot of how i connect with people Mm. and so i will typically only be in a relationship with someone who enjoys the same kind of music and then at that point like i will share music almost exclusively with that person dude that is true when i had a crush on a girl in high school i remember being like oh i like this this and this about her but she likes insert artist and it was just not aligned with the artists that i listened to at all and i was just like i don't know we can be together i don't think it's icky it's just hard to curate the vibes like whenever you're spending time together like what are you listening to like it's just like someone's always gonna be having to sacrifice something yeah yeah yeah, that's like i really enjoy listening to the music that i listen to and every other time i'm just settling it's funny because I actually <laughs> like the music that this girl used to listen to now. Like my you can music grow into it, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I've yeah, adapted yeah. my music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been like, oh, this is this is kind of catchy. I didn't yeah. previously yeah. like this, but now I'm. I started listening to house music. You did? I didn't even know what house was before I came oh, to New so York. It house music. <laughs> oh, it was because yeah. of us, not because of uh. Oh actually, yeah, no. no. Oh, no. there's yeah, some house music that Korean has like, put me on game too no like, no yeah, did not look like him very surprised I was gonna be maybe you should get back together <laughs> huh I'm kidding watch um alright since I was the host of this episode I'm gonna sign us out thank you guys all for tuning in to another episode of the rooftop pod signing out with me today is my brother jesse and my sister rachel and we'll catch you next time peace Peace. that was really fast (laughs) that wasn't that bad you didn't say yourself i'm your your host andrew wait do i say that and signing out with me thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the rooftop pod i am your host oh and signing out with me yeah i'm your host andrew we're just gonna slap that in there (laughs) hard cut (laughs) and nothing else afterwards nothing else all right cool thank you guys we will catch you on the next episode. I don't know when that will be. Oh, you guys are both going back to Ohio oh, in yeah. August. Next oh, yeah, be in three weeks. yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, my we'll gosh, three now. weeks. Yeah, it's going to be on Tuesday. No. I've got to breathe in all the AQI. Oh, Jesus. Sam, the city truly... Oh, I kind of wanted to talk about, like, our interaction at the night market last night. Oh, right it now? Just like, right here, right now? It just, like, inspired... I was just like, this is why New York is awesome. Oh, okay. Mm. okay yeah, so yeah, let's just clip this in. So so quickly, I'm just going to shout out my boy Frankie Light that we met last night. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he just randomly came up to us. We were also, we were both trying to go to, all of us were trying to go to the Queen's, Queen's Night, Night Market. Queen's Night Market. And he came up to us. He was also lost, and we were also lost. So we kind of tried to figure it out. And then while we were lost and trying to figure things out together, we got to chatting about like what each of us does. And he was telling us how he's also a content creator. He does. Uh, he's a poly guy. He does language content. Mm-hmm. And we were just vibing and chatting about like content creation and making a career out of it. And I just feel inspired by people who have dedicated their lives to doing something that mm-hmm. is just my hobby. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this guy had the balls to be like. I'm gonna make this my career where I would never I don't have the balls to like take that risk so um, it was really cool meeting that guy um, and he we, speaks fluent Chinese he speaks yeah. now, that, not Chinese that blew my mind even more was the fact that he spoke fluent Chinese he was black yeah, yeah. which is why I was surprised mm. yeah. yeah and that's the basis of his content is <laughs> surprising people because he can speak Chinese I mean or just speak any language. Yeah, and he's his, black. yeah. no, he's Chinese not is just probably better than mine. No, I, he was speaking, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah. this is better than my Chinese." <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? "Yeah, I was like, what I feel like I'm gonna us? embarrass myself." <laughs> I was like, "If I speak in Chinese, I feel like I'm gonna embarrass myself because he's speaking it better yeah, than I can." Yeah. I noticed yeah. the two of you didn't actually <laughs> no, speak Chinese. I spoke a little bit. You did speak a little bit, but every once in a while, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we were thinking about maybe potentially inviting him onto the podcast because I think he has a lot of really interesting perspectives mm. as a full-time content creator and like a polygot, which is, I feel like a so super cool. rare talent cool. that I wish I had. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Definitely a lot of perspectives from immersing himself into all of these different, different cultures, cultures too. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, I just want to pick his brain. I feel like he's got a lot to say. Certainly. Um, but anyways, we love this place. We've enjoyed this place a lot loved meeting everyone that we've met here um andrew's gonna be here for, for a few more years so yes, sir i'll give us we'll the be out here to, i mean rachel might be here too but who knows we'll i'm making see. it a goal to be back be at some outside. point yeah. in some capacity who knows what that yeah. will be i wonder if there will ever be a time in our life where all three of us end Absolutely. up in new york simultaneously if you apply for Maybe. residency, residency out here but then like Andrew will want to have left by that time. Oh, no. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) But people stick it out here for a long time. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people... I mean, it is kind of crazy because I'm coming up on my one-year mark in New York um, in three months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. October. And so now, once three months pass, I can, like, compare how I feel like October this year to how I felt October last last year. Mm -hmm. It's going to be way different. Yeah. And like, I will say when I first moved to New York, like everything was shiny. I was just Mm -hmm. like, oh my God. Yes, you were going. I like, it was just like, just happy to be here. Not that the reality has set in, like still love New York, but the grittiness and the grind and like sometimes you just want to breathe fresh air and look at some nice swatches of trees that have not been planted by humans sometimes (laughs) i do want to escape the city which is what i've been trying to do but the the like rose petal glasses rose tinted glasses glasses have uh slightly faded um but they're still rosy i do think the people who last in new york a long time are people who are able to manage like time away from new york yeah mm. like you need to have like some escape from the hustle and bustle yeah yeah i think a lot of my co-workers um like i feel like everyone 
in my department is relatively outdoorsy, so they go on like multi-day backpacking trips away from New York. Like in mm. upstate or um one one of them flew to Red River Gorge. Oh, flew to yeah, like Red yeah, River yeah. Gorge. Yeah, like I know. Ohio. They have oh, really wait, hold Kentucky. They have, they have the great best. climate. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. bouldering, that's true. Yeah. One of my like friends who is a hardcore like rock climber, it's Dalton. Yeah. Um, like oh, slept on the been. side at uh, Yosemite. Like he's a like climber wow. climber. He was like, yeah, me and my girlfriend are doing a trip to Red River Gorge. Oh wow. Uh, because yeah. they have great like bouldering. bouldering. Um, yeah. Treks. Yeah. Routes. I think they also have like good sport climbing. Mm. So. Yeah, a lot yeah. of my climbing friends. I mean being closer to it yeah they're there all the time so yeah. i thought it was just an yeah Ohio, I, I did a midwest thing but yeah i guess people internationally i know or she, nationally i overheard her saying that i was like i slept in that campsite senior year uh, of high school oh, for like fun. an overnight weekend trip with high school friends oh that's so fun it was not it rained oh the ground was very lumpy oh. <laughs> did not get good <laughs> sleep but it was so it was actually so much fun uh but we did one night out there and the second night it rained and we we're like you want to go home? <laughs> and they're like, uh-huh. Yeah. And we just slept over at one of the guys' houses. I, I can't <laughs> do overnight camping. Like, really? I mean, I'm, a, I'm a big shower. I love showers. And I mean, my they have they have um, showers it's at the like, camp like, yeah. bathrooms. Showers are worse. No. I'd rather not take a shower. Dang. I have a friend. My friend, um, Natalie, she's, like, working in the Utah Conservation Corps. And she was telling me mm. her struggles about timing when she's gonna shower where she's gonna shower because oh, she's living no. out of her car this summer is this yeah nat, this yes nat, the natalie that you I, met little nat yes little nat x go follow her yeah she's starting I, a uh, youtube channel i just don't like being I sticky so. from like sweating i i, 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 I hate that I think like i can i can uh stick out for like the day but i'm like i need to cleanse that off at the end mm -hmm, of the day mm-hmm I think for me, it's a mindset thing. If I'm, like, expecting to be dirty, I'm okay with that. But if I'm, like... Temporarily, yeah. For, like, or for me, I yeah. can only deal with it for a day. Like, I'm okay being, like, covered in mud if it's only going to be, like, an hour. And then I know I can power shower it off. I think what broke that barrier for me mm. was in Thailand. We went, uh, like, four to five days without a shower. I guess yeah, you and just the need first shower, it. and it's it was hot. like super dusty too. Our first shower, like you could see the all the dirt leaving up. your body. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. I think it also sends back to my acne, just like yeah. mm. me breaking out. Mm -hmm. Like it's it would stress me out, yeah. which would yeah. cause me to break out even yeah. more. Well, I yeah. love overnights because then you fuck. like you can see the stars too. Oh, beautiful! You see the sunset, you see the sunrise. You wake up in the most gorgeous place ever, and life yeah. is just fantastic. Except you um, feel grimy. I no, I feel like all of that like overwhelms the really? feeling of being grimy. You're right. Yeah, like your body is very adaptable. Like once you adapt to a circumstance, like you just need to be broken. Like it's gonna feel like shit for like two days and That's then true. day three maybe yeah because then okay. throw my hair into braids you can have like disposable wipes to cleanse uh, yeah, yeah that's what yeah. i was just yeah. about to say yeah. nick whenever he goes overnight camping he just brings a bunch of baby wipes and you yeah. basically yeah. shower with baby wipes which yeah is, it's not the same but yeah. it's not the same but i've i've wiped They're myself down with baby wipes and i'm like oh i feel clean yeah, oh, yeah. relatively clean okay. so i could do that the places i've gone overnight camping are not like they're just parks in ohio so i'm yeah. like this is not worth it at all yeah I that's, think that's fair the reason if you go why. in colorado yeah that that's a fun. different story yeah. national parks <laughs> road trip overnight camping dude that would yo. be so fun we have That'd to plan that insane, we, yeah we have an idea of doing rooftop <laughs> pods on like 
the rooftop of the earth aka mm-hmm. the mountains and doing yeah. like a mountain rooftop pod that'd be so fun it'd when be like ever going to the be one to do that? um podcast you sent to me bobo's void like they just uh, yes do it scenic. in the most gorgeous meadows Maybe. and it's like so calming to just listen Are to them in talk. the u.s i feel like they're not it doesn't have british like accents US. They do be having accents. British accents. Yeah, maybe maybe British they are. British accents. But yeah, like, but they're not in the, are in the UK. I don't know. That's true. I don't know. But like, yeah, I want to do like a nature podcast sometime. It'd be so fun just being immersed in mm-hmm. Mother Nature. Anyhow, we're rambling. Let's. Uh, we are sign out again. Peace out. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. No, no. yeah, we don't Peace. need to check out again. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time. See ya. Peace. You know what I love? I love DreamWorks Moon. There's no Pixar clouds, but that's how I describe the environment. Oh. <laughs> or the sky. Oh. That's pretty.